0: The Old Testament reading is from Psalm, the 119th chapter. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the just decrees of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. The epistle is from Romans, the 10th chapter. But how are they to call on him in whom they have not believed? and hearing through the word of Christ.
1: Now, of respect for Christ, we rise to hear the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, Jesus had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. This is the word of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Oh, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's message is from 2 Timothy, the second chapter, verses 8 and 9. Paul writes, Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David this is my gospel for which I'm suffering even to the point of being chained like a criminal but God's word is not chained this is our text one of the great accomplishments of Martin Luther was the translation of the Bible into the German language <clears throat> you see in Luther's day the only translation For use in the Roman Catholic Church was St. Jerome's Latin translation of the Bible, known as the Vulgate. And only the most educated of people could read it. This meant that the common person was completely dependent upon the Roman Catholic Church for its interpretation or understanding. It meant that people remained imprisoned by their fears of a wrathful and angry God. It meant that people remained shackled by a false belief that God's wrath could only be pacified if they followed the decrees of the Pope and the church councils. It meant that people remained chained by superstition and paganism. Biblical illiteracy was rampant. Their lack of Bible knowledge due to their inability to read God's word or to even understand it when it was read to them, meant that they gullibly believed almost anything that they were told. And this was the condition of the church in which Luther found himself when he was a young lad and even a young man. For many years, Luther lived in terror. He lived in terror and fear of God. He was haunted by the stories of evil witches and gargoyles and trolls. He was afraid of Jesus because he was told Jesus was a judge who would punish him for his sins. And lacking Bible knowledge, Luther tried everything he could to free himself from these chains, And colluding, living 24-7 as a Roman Catholic monk. But he found that the more he struggled by his own might, or by following the teachings of the Roman Catholic Church, the tighter the chains became. And he despaired. Finally, in desperation, at the point of a mental and spiritual breakdown, a friend asked Luther, Why don't you study the Bible? Why don't you read it? After all, Luther was a master of the Greek and the Hebrew languages, the languages in which the Bible was originally written. And so Martin Luther heeded the advice of his friend, and he began to study the Bible. And he dug through the Psalms and and Galatians and Romans. And as he did so, an amazing thing happened for Luther. The Holy Spirit began to open up his eyes to truths in God's word that he had never seen or heard before. Yes, God is a God of justice, he learned, who demands perfection. But Luther also read on those pages of the scripture that God is merciful and loving and compassionate. Yes, people who reject Jesus Christ as their Savior go to hell, but Luther discovered that God went to great lengths, great lengths, sacrifice, to save people by sending his own Son into this world to be the Savior, to die on the cross for the sin of all people. And Luther discovered that Jesus was not revengeful, but that in his love for us, Jesus journeyed the way of the cross to suffer and die so that we might be declared holy in God's sight. And as Luther dug into the scriptures, the Holy Spirit released Luther from those chains that had bound him all of his life. And as Luther became unchained, he he let the world know, if you will, of God's liberating gospel through his writings and through his hymns. Luther did not want his fellow German people to simply hear God's good news from the lips and the pen of Martin Luther. Luther. He wanted his own German people to be able to read the amazing story of God's love in in their own language. He wanted the German people to hear God's declaration of forgiveness in their heart tongue. He, He knew that faith comes from hearing the word of Christ, and he wanted the people to hear that word in a word that was meaningful to them. And Luther knew that the people's lives would be transformed if they had the opportunity to read the scriptures in their own language and have the Holy Spirit work in their lives. And so Luther set his mind to translating the word of God into the German language. And he did. He did. Now since Luther's time, more than 650 languages have the complete translated Bible. Additionally, 1,500 languages have access to the New Testament or to some portions of the Bible in their own language. Now, that sounds pretty impressive, doesn't it? But that still means that 1.5 billion people, 1.5 billion people do not have the full Bible in their language. That's more than the people that live on the entire continent of Africa. And while these 1.5 billion people wait for the full Bible in their language, the English-speaking world has at least 120 Bible translations to choose from. 120, at least. American Bible Society commissioned Barna Research to conduct a survey of the Americans' use of the Bible. And they found that 85% of Americans have a Bible in their home. In fact, the average American household has 4.3 Bibles. And in addition to the Bibles that they have in their home, many people have the Bible on their phone. Through apps, like the YouVersion app. Or they have the Bible on the CD. Or they can go online and find something like the Bible Gateway, which is a wonderful online Bible. The Bible is everywhere. It's accessible to, to so many. And yet, most of the people don't read it. The Agnes Reed poll so, so showed that only 20% of Christians read their Bible once a week. The International Bible Readers Association reports that 85% of professing Christians have never read the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, from beginning to end. Even though we think that the Bible is the Word of God. We're more likely to pick up a John Grisham book and read it from front to back before we're willing to pick up the Bible and read it. You see, despite all the translations and the accessibility of the Bible to us, the majority of North Americans who identify themselves as Christians are in many ways no different than the people of Luther's day. There's a general ignorance of God's Word. The biblical illiteracy means that more and more people are easily deceived and they're swayed by the philosophies and the values and the ideologies and the beliefs of our godless age and the plethora of false religions. And so this morning, as we talk about Bible translation, the importance of the Bible, even ask yourself this question. Outside of Sunday worship, When do you read the Bible? Or when do you listen to it? When were you last a Bible study participant? When was it that you last read a chapter of the Bible or a book of the Bible, even something as short as, say, the epistle to the Ephesians? When did you listen to it? Might it be that we are experiencing some problems in our life because we're not seeking God's wisdom? on these matters. Might it be that we embrace worldly values because we don't really know what God values? Might we be weak in our own personal faith or unsteady in it because we're not immersed in that powerful word of God? Might we fall back into erroneous ways of thinking and acting because we're not really familiar with God's truth? The Bible is God's everlasting word to us. His word is, as we just sang a few moments ago, a word, a light unto our path. The Bible says these things have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you might have life in his name. St. Paul says, But as for you, Timothy, continue on what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you've learned it and how from infancy you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul continues, All Scripture is God breathed, and it's useful. It's useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that every man, woman, and child of God may be thoroughly equipped. For every good work. I mean, just think of how the Bible has helped you over the years, even if it's been a while since you read a chapter or a, a verse or a book of the Bible. I mean, maybe one time you found yourself just so guilt-ridden over some sin that you committed, and it was just crushing you, that guilt. And you even felt at times like maybe you shouldn't come into the church service or come to Holy Communion because this guilt was just weighing on you so much. But then you remembered a verse or you stumbled upon a verse in the Bible that says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you heard those words and it's like, wow, God forgives me. I don't need to carry the guilt of sin no more because Christ carried it for me. Or maybe you were just so ashamed of yourself one time, ashamed because you just kept doing the same thing that you just said, God, please forgive me for. And you kept going back, and so you were so ashamed, especially ashamed because what you were doing became publicly acknowledged or whatever. But it didn't even need to do that. It was just that you were ashamed of yourself. And then you came upon Jesus' words. Where it says in Hebrews 2, Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers. But he says, I declare your name to my brothers in the presence of the congregation, I will sing your praises. And you realize then that even though you may be ashamed of yourself, Jesus isn't ashamed of you. He's not ashamed to call you his friend, he's not ashamed to call you his brother, his sister. Because he bore the shame of your sin on the cross. And you stand forgiven with him. Maybe you are just so troubled. Troubled in life. I and mean, all of us have troubles, right? And you came upon Jesus' words where he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, troubled by life, and I will give you rest. And you did. You heeded his invitation. Or maybe you were worried. Worried about your children. Worried about your grandchildren. Worried about yourself. Worried about your health. Worried about your job. Worry, worry, worried. And yes, there's many things that cause cause us worry. But then you remembered this word of scripture. Cast all your anxiety on him. Because he cares for you. And so you did. And your worry was lifted off of you and placed on the shoulders of our almighty God. Or maybe you were depressed. Luther was one that struggled with depression, really intense depression, actually. I think that's one reason why he understood and appreciated the grace of God so much. But maybe you, too, were experiencing depression. Couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You're in this dark void of your life. And then the Holy Spirit brought to your mind some words that you'd heard at one point from the Bible where it says, where Paul says, "I consider that the present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, will be able to separate me from the love of God that he has for me in Christ Jesus. And who of us hasn't been grief-stricken? Maybe we've stood by the graveside of a loved, loved one. And Jesus has spoken to us through these words that we all know so well. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And yes, Lord, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Is it any wonder that the psalmist exclaims, how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. You see, those words have meant so much to us over the years, those words of scripture that God has spoken because they've been spoken to us in a language that we understand. Sola Scriptura. Scripture alone was the great Reformation theme and so I encourage you to read, the study, to read the Scriptures, study the Scriptures, listen to the Scriptures. Yes, immerse yourself in the Scriptures. In fact, I would encourage you to go home today and say, what's my plan for getting myself more engaged in God's Word? You know, we need more Luthers today. We need men and women Who see and understand the need to translate the Bible into the languages of people today. For all the Bible translations that do exist, there's still approximately 2,000 languages around the world waiting for a translation project to begin. That's 180 million children, women, and men who do not have a single word, not a single word of the Bible in a language that they clearly understand. They don't even have, like, a portion of Matthew or the epistle to the Ephesians. Nothing. They're waiting. As Pastor showed in the children's message, for them the Bible is a blank page. How are these people, or any person for that matter, going to come to faith in Christ if they're not able to read the scriptures? How can they call on the one that they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how, how beautiful are the feet Paul writes are, are, are those who bring the good news? For faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. A few years ago I was talking to one of my friends from Ethiopia, an Roman man. His name is Melise. The Lutheran church in Ethiopia is the biggest church in all of the world. don't know if you know that. It's like 7 million people are confessing Lutherans, the Makani Yesus Church in Ethiopia. Anyways, he was telling me one day, he said, you know, many people came to Ethiopia and they gave us bread to eat, for which we are eternally grateful. We're so thankful that they gave us bread to eat. But he said, you know, it was a Swedish Lutheran missionary who brought us the bread of life. Because he came to Ethiopia and and they translated, this Swedish Lutheran missionary translated the Bible into the Oromo language. So that God now spoke in their tongue. And he said, for that we are truly eternally grateful. You see, that's where Lutheran Bible Translators comes in. Lutheran Bible Translators is a Lutheran mission agency, and it's the only Lutheran agency dedicated solely to long-term mission work in Bible translation, linguistic training, so that people learn the language that's, that's now being formed, and then also Scripture engagement, because a lot of the people, once they get a Bible in, the, in, in book form, don't want to re- learn how to read Or if they don't want to, they may not even be able to learn how to read because it's a long and arduous process. But they'd love to listen to the Word. And so there's Bible translators who put the Word into different formats so that the people can listen to it. Like, they'll take the music of the culture and they'll put the words of God into that music and the culture and then it's played on the radios and it's sung in the fields. Other times, they'll they'll create something like a like the Proclaimer, which is a machine where it has a computer chip in it and the, and the Word of God is recorded onto that chip and then the children or adults can carry the Proclaimer around with them and they can hear the Word read to them. Or sometimes there's people that will, who have dramatic abilities and can read uh, the Bible who will do dramatic readings of the Bible and again, it's, 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 it's communicated in the public so that people can hear this Word of God. That's what Lutheran Bible Translators is about and since its founding in 1964, Lutheran Bible Translators has helped publish the entire New Testament in 36 languages. And five of those languages, LBT has also helped to publish the whole Bible. And I'm told, and Pastor, you could probably affirm this or deny it or whatever, but I'm told that it takes about 12 years to do a New Testament translation. According to Wycliffe, it's five to 20 years. And for a complete New te- for a complete Bible, it may take 30 or more years just to do a translation. And so it's an understatement when we say that more translation is work is needed. Now maybe I'm speaking to someone this morning who will feel called one day to be a Lutheran Bible translator missionary. You know, they really come in all forms. They're children. They're women. Yes, and there's some men. And they do all kinds of things. As translators, Some are, yes, translators, working with the people to put the Word of God into the local language, maybe even creating an alphabet where there isn't one. There's linguistic trainers, people who go into, into the country and teach the people how to read this new-formed language so that it's not just for Bible reading but for society in general. And sometimes there's ethnomusicologists where people who have musical abilities go and they work with the translators and those the translation teams and put the Word into music forum that is meaningful to people locally. Other times it's a missionary t- a child tutor who comes alongside of a, a missionary family and provides education, training or whatever, and care for, the, for their children so the missionaries can focus on that work. And other times it's people who are, who are crazy about IT, you know, tech guys, computer tech men and women, who go over and work and solve the IT challenges. <clears throat> so there's all kinds of ways. Now, whether you ever actually become a translator, a linguist, or some kind of a worker with Lutheran Bible translators, the reality is I'm looking at a sanctuary full of Bible translators. You see, you have people right here, or we have people right here in Grand Rapids who need the Bible translated for them. They read it, maybe, but they don't understand it. It's confusing to them. And they need us to help them understand it. And that's what Sunday school teachers have done for us through the, through the ages. They've taught us and, and the Word of God from a, from a, from a perspective that we can understand. That's what pastors try to do, is, is to bring the Word into a meaningful way into, into your life, to explain it, and the list could go on and on. But you have friends. You golf with them. You work with them. You live beside them. Sometimes you live with them. But you have these people and and they need you to translate the Bible for them in a way that is meaningful for them. And you can go to them in your own way and just simply say to them, let me tell you the most wonderful news of all. God loves you. And in Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Death is defeated by our living Lord. And then in your own way, in a way that you know they'll understand, you tell them this wonderful story of a God who so loves them that he sent his son Jesus to liberate them from the bondage of sin and death through Christ. So I encourage you to see yourself as a Bible translator sent by God into the world in which you live to share this message. Unleash the power of the gospel in this community and watch what the Holy Spirit will do. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding guard and keep your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.